0: Hello, Turkaholics, and welcome back to Football a la Turka for the match day 15 of the Turkish Super League. But before we get to the Turkish Super League, let me introduce myself. My name is Khan Baizit, I'm the host of the show, and I'm joined by my two co hosts today, Jakub Marufol and Umut Nadere. Guys, I don't know which of us had the worst week um, in terms of uh, our, our favorite teams doing uh, not so well. <laughs> In general, uh, Umut, uh, would you argue you had the worst week, or would you think? Well, the... uh, seeing Neymar
1: rupturing our defense <laughs> without even giving an effort.
0: Yeah, like. he had like four assists, I think, didn't he?
1: Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. you can see like he's just one? brilliant, and he didn't even care while doing those assists. You know, <laughs> it's just a kid job for his like quality and yeah it was a bad experience on my side
0: and Jakub what do you think did you did you have the worst week did I have the worst week or did did who have the worst week in football terms or Burak of course well
2: I, I, I don't know we it, it was it was horrible for pretty much everyone mm-hmm. um I think we I had a bad week because uh Dropzospor was following um the big teams after every everyone lost. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone lost points. But I was pretty much expecting them to also lose points, so with the the, the burn was a little bit less painful than it was supposed to be, I guess.
0: Okay, is so that I don't know, and maybe Umut or me, I, I guess I had the worst week then because I really didn't expect to drop points, honestly, quite frankly. Uh <laughs> So let's get into (laughs) some of the results. But before we do that, let's check the European results. And Umut, of course, already alluded to uh, the Champions League match. The final group stage matches in both the Champions League and the Europa League were played last week. Galatasaray had still had a glimmer of hope. If they got a good result, a win away in Paris against Paris Saint-Germain, they could still go through to the Europa League um, and... In theory, that, that could have happened because Brugge also lost uh, against Real Madrid at home. But uh, Galtrye, of course, lost uh, 5-0 to Paris Saint-Germain with Neymar. Uh, stealing the show with, with three or four assists, I think. Um, yeah, uh, not, not much uh, for that Galtrye could do. Paris Saint-Germain were already qualified. Uh, Rested some key players in midfield, but put out their strongest offensive lineup with Mbappé, Neymar, and Icardi and... Uh, it seems like uh, the people who pay the bills at Paris Saint-Germain did not want uh, them to let up and uh, feel the B-team here. Uh, let's move over to the Europa League, then FFC Basel of Switzerland, uh, beating Trabzonsport 2-0 here. Of course, Trabzonsport were already eliminated, so they played the B-team, uh, or C-team even, um, as they have been doing for a couple of games now, as they are prioritizing the league. Uh, same thing goes uh, for for Bishkek, uh, who are playing Wolves. They lost four nil to Wolves here. Uh, Bishkek played half a youth team, pretty much. Um, went well until uh, the, the second half. Pretty for Bishkek was nil 0 at halftime, but uh, when. Uh, Diogo Jota came on, uh, he scored a hat-trick and uh, Besiktas were led to the slaughter, so bad week for them too. But they were also eliminated already from the Europa League, so yeah, that's also why uh, they fielded a C or B team. Then uh, the final match in Europe, München-Gladbach by Shakhtar, actually caused uh, the, probably a, a huge surprise. We still knew... We knew that Besiktas still had an opportunity to go through to the round of 32 of the Europa League. But they had to win away at München Gladbach to do so. And... Well, they did actually win, despite the fact that Marcus Turam, son of Lilian Turam, former Juventus uh, and France uh, international, of course, uh, he scored and opened the scoring for Inzaghi back in the 33rd minute to put them one-nil up at home. But Irfan Jankavici equalised the match in the 44th minute, and then in the 90th minute, Enzo Crivelli got the winner in an emphatic way for Bhashakshi here for their first ever um, qualification to round of 32 of the Europa League, their first ever time in Europe past January, so congratulations to Bashakshir, the only Turkish team to survive the group stage phase um, and the only Turkish team really to get a decent amount of coefficient points for Turkey, so um, it it looked like it was going to be an absolute disaster year for the Turkish uh, coefficient, but Bashakshir salvaging a little bit there but let's be honest; they owed us as much, given the fact that for the last three years they had pretty much bottled it in Europe. So, um, yeah, unexpected, but uh, great result from Bershakci. What did you? What went through your mind, Jakub, when you first saw the result, or were you actually watching the game? Um, I was unable. I
2: was unable to watch the game. I think I was watching was the, the Beshklash game at uh, that day. I watched. The, I watched a little bit of the Trabzonsport game. And I was just so done with the game, uh, with with football in general. After watching Trabzonspor, that we also watched like the first half in Besiktas, and I told my friend like Let's go because I can't stand this anymore. Um, yeah, I I didn't watch the game, but I um I followed it a lot on uh on on social media. And the moment uh, Crivelli scored, my WhatsApp blew up, uh, Twitter blew up, like every everything blew up, and um. You know, I, I know that you, I, and pretty much everyone has uh, doesn't really like Bashak Sheer, but you really have to give them props for, you know, being a team that nobody c- cared about, but still being the team that brought us to the coefficient point, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, I always, I, I talked a little bit about Kriveli uh, a couple of times on the podcast. The guy is just, he, he looks intimidating, and he is such a good forward. So, um, unbelievable that the Sheer got him for not even that big of a price
0: yeah i think two or two and a half or three and a half million or something yeah uh, sp- he pretty
2: much tripled his value
0: yeah despite the fact that he actually had a decent season in france as well in league uh so i mean it's a, it's a great signing for them and we actually run ran a poll on uh, our, our twitter account at footy Alaturka last week uh, because right now i think there's really three hot commodities in turkish football um, in terms of strikers, of, of course, Alexander Surlov, Enzo Crivelli, and uh, which which other name am I thinking of? Oh, yeah, Vedat Muric, of course. So we ran a poll. I'm just quickly trying to see if I can find it here uh, because the results were actually pretty even. I think Muric was kind of in the lead last time I checked. I can't, For the life of me, I can't find the poll right now. Uh, oh, here it is. So option A is... Uh, no, that's a different poll. <laughs> did I run it on my personal account or did I run it on a football or turk account? Uh, that's... It was not your personal account. It was me. on my personal account. Okay, that explains. Uh, I talk way too much on Twitter, so now I'm going to have to scroll <laughs> down. But trying to cut back on it, actually. Okay, so uh, yeah, if you had to pick one of these three... Uh, so, option A being uh, Alexander Surlov, option B being Enzo Crivelli, and option C being Vedat Muric. Only 70 votes, though. Uh, 36% are opting for Surlov, 21% for Crivelli, and 43 for for Vedat Murich. And I get I get it, kind of, <laughs> but I don't know. I, 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 this would be such a difficult uh, choice for me, <laughs> really. I, I don't know. I really like Vedat Murich, but I... I don't know, maybe Crivelli has a bigger upside, he's younger. Uh, Serlot, of course, he's younger too. I think Serlot and and Crivelli are both 23 years old. Um, But I kind of prefer, when I have to choose between Serlot and Crivelli, I kind of prefer Crivelli because he's more mobile, um, I feel. And I think a little bit better technically. Uh, I don't know what 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 will you guys pick, Jakub. Of course, you're a little biased here, but uh, yeah,
2: I mean, I wasn't. Uh, you know, when we got Sirloks, I heard a lot of bad things about him. A lot of Crystal Palace fans were just happy as, happy uh, as English as well that we fans. They are always, you know, you know they're oh, like I...
0: they're like us with our flopped transfers. But uh, you know what they say with uh, one man's tr- trash is another man's treasure.
2: Yeah, you know, but I think that helps a bit because a lot of people didn't really have big expectations of him. Mm -hmm. But he has, you know, the first game he started, he scored and he has been scoring ever since. So, you know, I like Kriveli. I talked a lot about how I like Murić, but I think that that Serlot is doing well for us. And, yeah, the other two would also do, do well for us, but I'm happy with Servos.
0: Who would you pick, Umut, if you could pick one of these three? And I I know that you would be interested in... in, in
1: Vedat, <laughs> video
0: of them. Vedat, okay. Well, yeah, uh, f- because his uh,
1: you know, determination on the pitch is quite good, and how mm-hmm. he looked at Ozan after he's received the <laughs> red card, you know, it tells everything. Yeah.
0: We actually have a clip from... Uh, from Burak uh, shedding his uh, light on the Fenerbahce result in the, in the weekend. Um, just a short one, just 16 minutes, so... Um, <laughs> you'll be able to listen to that later, folks. Uh, I don't... I, you know, I really don't know. For me, it would be between Vedat and, and, and Morich. Um, <coughs> <laughs> between Vedat and Crivelli. Uh, yeah, Vedat and Morich, no. Uh, yeah, so Vedat or Crivelli, I think. I like lot too, but... I think that these. I think Vedat and, and Kriveli are more clinical. Quite honest, I, I kind of miss that that killer instinct a little bit with Sirlot Sometimes he still misses two two crucial chances, and and Kriveli, I'm not saying these other two don't miss chances. Obviously, every striker misses chances, but I don't know. I, I'd have to go between those two, and I really like Vedat, but I think I would go for Kiveli just because he's a little bit younger and he's a little bit more mobile. Uh, i think he suits uh, a combination style a little bit better but keep like like umut says he's such a hard worker where that is, so that also that, that offers so much more to a team but i also have a feeling that he's a little bit injury prone um knock on wood that that's not gonna uh be a big problem for him throughout his career but i don't know Oop, yeah that's me uh completely messing up again uh let's <laughs> move over to the super league oh actually sorry umut uh were you surprised by Başak here stunning Mönchengladbach?
1: Well, actually, it's kind of the ideology and mentality difference between Abdullah and Okan Because, you know, he uh, can actually relate uh, to their history about it. Because... Mm -hmm. One side is the Abdullah who just uh, achieved actually uh, nothing uh, playing football. But other side is the Okan Buruk who went into the UEFA Cup, uh, won it and went into the European clubs uh, time and time again and came back to Turkey. Uh, And he knows what uh, this uh, kind of competitions mean. Uh, And I think that Uh, results in how, uh, like, uh, worthy these cup and these competition games seem to him. And Mm -hmm. uh, actually, this is why uh, Okanbrook just uh, tried harder than uh, Abdullah and anyone else. Mm
0: -hmm. But the question, of course, would be, let's say... Uh, Bashakshir lose their first three matches or get one point from their first three matches. Would he then still field his his A team if they if they didn't have a chance anymore to qualify? You know, I mean, yeah. I, I completely agree with you. Uh, I think that Bashakshir have a good shot at the title this season again, simply because of the fact that. You know, just how open it is right now. Uh, they're one of the better teams in the league, without a doubt. They're playing some of the better football. Um, so it would be very easy for him to just feel the B team and just focus 100% on the league. And in fact, I, I think that perhaps the reason he did not do that could have potentially been a reason for why, spoiler alert, he dropped points again this weekend uh, or this, this match day. So yeah, I, I agree with that. I think that after. Afzhi- he gets a little bit of um, slack from me this season because of how the deck was stacked with the injuries at the beginning of the season for him. And how immediately it went wrong in, in Bratislava uh, because of, of that and you know other reasons. Um, but I think if he has shown in the past that with Basakshir too, I mean... Well, when he didn't qualify for the Champions League, Europa League didn't seem to really interest him all that much. Uh, granted, I think it was a little bit of the scenario of look, we lost the two first matches, so our chances are slim. We're not gonna focus on this, blah 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 blah. But there's definitely a mentality difference there uh, with, with Okan Buruk and uh, you know he's he's done really well at Belshachier uh, this season, so um, he's definitely going to end up taking over one of the big t- seats at some point, I think. Um, but let's move over to the league now and start off with uh, one of the more quote unquote boring matches of the match day because on Friday Antalya and Alanya Sport played to a 0 0 draw in uh, the Derby, I should uh, say, the, the, the Agadini's Derby. Um, this one, yeah. No goals. Alanya Sport dominating it pretty much, but no goals for them. They have been uh, dropping points left and right really, uh, ever since they, we were praising them into the heavens and they were at the top of the table. But uh, Sivaspor have ever ever since took over and snuck in there, and they haven't faltered so far. Alanya Sport have dropped points after point after point. Uh, this is a match they should be winning. They they could have easily won it. They had the chances. Um, not sure if any of you want to contribute anything to is did you is there anything in this match that jumped out um something i'm forgetting perhaps in terms of uh... other than
1: the uh terrible pitch conditions <laughs> yeah because uh, it's actually uh, very rare that kind of rain drops down to Antalya region yeah you know? it was splashing up that's right yeah and uh, i think they weren't ready to commit uh, that kind of thing to their pitches you know mm-hmm. uh the ball wasn't even moving down you'd there. Did expect
0: a new stadium like Antalya's to have a proper drainage system, though? Uh,
1: you know, uh, yeah, you would expect it, but I, think, I don't think they just
0: uh, cared about it. You know, mm. this Turkish habit. <laughs> <laughs> Possibly. Uh, Jakub, anything to add?
2: No, not really.
0: Okay, then let's move over to your neighbors. Spore on Saturday took on Kasim Pasha. This match ending 0-3 with a brace from Bengali Koita and uh, Aitach Kara scoring the third goal. Koita has scored in the 17th and in the 27th. And in the first minute of stoppage time, Aitachkara Kara put the final scoreline on uh, the board there Uh, Bengali Koita probably should not have played here he should have gotten sent off last week uh, which we talked about last week of course but wouldn't you know it he uh, should have been sent off last week ends up scoring right after he should have been sent off and now he scores a brace against Rizespor and uh, if you look at the amounts of opportunities that both teams had the scoreline doesn't necessarily reflect how the match went would you agree uh, with that Jakub
2: yeah, I agree, but it it was pretty much a game of two different halves, um, to say so. <clears throat> like the first half, it was more um, it was more Custom Pasha's game, and even though um, like the first half, there wasn't um, it wasn't that great of a game to be honest. But you know, they they scored when they when they had to score.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: But it was it was so it was such an infuriating game, man. I, I, I hated this game. Because even though you know the score was the the, the match ended 0 you know, for Kasim Pasha, I thought Kasim Pasha was bad. Um, Chaykuriza was bad. Uh, you know those 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 forwards that uh, that Chaykuriza has is just uh, like horrible. I wouldn't even play them in my Sunday team. And you know, it's it 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 was a weird game. Normally when I watch games like this, I don't really pick a side. You know because I'm not a fan of either team. So I hope to at least see some nice football. But it, 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 was, it was so infuriating, man. Um, there were a couple moments where I thought, OK, these, these moments pretty much could have changed the game. Um, Quaresma should have gotten a red. And there was a moment where he stamped on somebody's leg. I think he only got a yellow, which I thought was a little bit too soft. And it was, if I remember correctly, it was it was early in the in the first half. So you know that would have changed the game in 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 Riza's favor. Um, Koita played an okay game. Uh, his second goal was really nice. Um, there was a moment where uh, where Riza scored, and I have to be honest, during you know when I was watching the game, it didn't look like offside,
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, particularly because the the angle on this stadium with, yeah, uh, with the, with camera, the just, camera yeah i just hate it so goddamn much i i i'm so tired of complaining I think about we've it we've talked you know? about
0: it before yeah <laughs>
2: yeah you know I, I i sound like a broken record i know but um it, it 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 messes the game up for for the fan you know i i i assume that if you are watching in the stadium it's a really nice, nice view but uh you know it didn't look like it didn't look like, uh, like off but uh, VAR was correct in um, in um, <clears throat> showing that it was offside, so yeah. not uh, not allowing the goal. And and there was a moment where um, yeah, R- Riza missed a uh, a penalty, which in my opinion didn't look like a penalty because once again the angle on the pitch is really weird. It looked like it was a really soft penalty that the player went really easily down, but. Um, as Rashid Wallace used to say, "Ball don't lie." So if this wasn't the correct penalty, the the, the gods didn't, you know, allow them to score because they they missed it. um Yeah, as I
0: said. If only it was always like that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, it, if it, it, yeah, 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 you're right. um And uh, to, to close it off, once again, Risa has some awful forwards. um I think that in the um, in the winter stop, I think the the um, the goal should be getting a better forward, you know, at least a couple. Because they are actually, they, they aren't bad, you know, but they really play awful. You know, there they are players that normally play, you know, players like Aminu Umar, which have some good games every now and then, but I don't know what it was this, today, you know, with with this game. He had a but really good look,
0: chance too, where he does everything right and then has a really yeah
2: yeah. Intent. He he had some great chances in the in the, in the box and stuff, but it just it looked like there was it it just didn't work, you know. Um, so yeah, I have I have I I wrote in my notes in big letter in big letters I hated this game so. Okay, no. let's,
0: let's move forward <laughs> um, to the next one, and uh, let's uh, let's put a bow on this match. So, Rizespor losing at home to Kasim Pasha, who rebounded from their loss last week. Uh, let's move to the next one, Genshterberli-Gostepe. This match ending 3-1 to Genshterberli. Bogdan Stanku scored a brace in this match, and with that, now moves up to 10 goals, if I'm not mistaken, and has, beca- has become one of the two top scorers in the league. Uh, he scored in the 29th minutes, and then he scored a late goal... Uh, a later goal in the 67th minute to make a 3-1. In between there, we had Wallace race equalising it up for against uh, uh, for Gustepe in the 34th minute. But just a minute later, Giovanni Siu made it 2-1 to put Genchevberli back ahead. Um, the first the first goal from s- no the second goal from Stanku was pretty interesting actually. I think he was in an offside position, but because the defender headed it back, uh, he managed to uh, bicycle kick it in. Um, Umut, Gustepe, not, no man overboard for them. This is not a terrible result for them. Against terribly on the other hand, good result for them. Um, yeah, two teams in the middle of the table right now. Anything, any special thoughts about this? Uh, what did you like? What didn't you like?
1: Well, uh, actually, we can see the Hamza Hamzol effect on uh, the team. Uh, he likes to play with these kind of players like uh, Bogdan Stanko. Uh, when he was in Bursa Spur, he actually transferred it to Bursa Spur in the first place as well. Uh, he likes uh, Stanko kind of players. He's like a hard worker on the pitch and uh, uh, decent uh, positional knowledge, like uh, off the ball. He knows how where to stand. And his second goal, as you said, uh, came from that kind of poaching, poacher instincts, you know, and... Hamza Mzoglu, uh, likes to de- uh, make these kind of change. Then uh, Giovanni Sio is a forward uh, and any kind of forward wants to partner up with because he likes to provide and he wants to score as well. Like, he, he's talented both ways and this eases up the uh, chances Stanko gets uh, in each game. And this is the result. Uh, after uh, some games with Hamza Amzoglu, Stanko reached uh, up the table in the goal scoring ranking, mm-hmm. and it's a yeah. great thing to see.
0: One of the his other best hand, seasons, I, I would think.
1: Yeah, it could be, it could be. Uh, and on the other hand, uh, Gastepe really struggled on the uh, side balls, like Jan Yeah.
0: And uh, what was Beto doing?
1: Yeah, and the Beto, uh, I think he he just uh, conf- confused. About where to go, where to rush out, and uh, he is getting really older. And uh, recently, he is prone to doing these kind of errors too
0: much. I think that's something he did throughout his career, though, because he's 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 always been an excellent goalkeeper with, I think, some brain farts. That's the impression uh, I I'm always have from because
1: him. Because I think he lacks some height in these kind of occasions. Because uh, if, it, if it were like a, a goalkeeper like Muslera or uh, far uh, you can uh, give an example of taller ones. Uh, even uh, you can uh, say <laughs> Altai, but uh, <laughs> they can just stretch out and uh, reach the ball easily. But Beto doesn't have that height, and he has some uh, bad times reaching those high, high balls and the uh, crosses. But. You know, uh, Gustave really struggled throughout the game. They didn't even connect the midfield to the forward position. And uh, Cameron Jerome's uh, like missing out in there. <laughs> uh, uh, and also.
0: Burak uh, isn't here, so they lost. Yeah. yeah. No Cameron uh, Jerome, I Yeah.
1: And Sardar, Guller, and uh, Halilakunars like couldn't find any uh, creativity on their part. So Gustave couldn't handle the game. And it's a. Uh, win for
0: yeah let's move over to the next match uh, I think one we all expected Gals try to easily win Gauls are taking on Ankaraguji here the the bottom team in the league um. Yeah, I think everyone really expected Galtrai to win this one pretty easily and it looked like it was going to be an easy win for Galtrai as well after uh, Sofian Figuli had opened scoring in the 53rd minute and then Dever Ergil got a second yellow card in the 72nd minute Belhanda then converted a spot kick in the 83rd minute and then of course I think people probably already left the stadium early because three points are in the bag uh, against 10 men uh, let's avoid traffic but in the eighty. Uh, 88 minutes, uh, Ankaragücü were awarded a penalty and Ilham Parlak converted, and then in the first minute of stoppage time, Stelios Kitsiu managed to equalize off of an Ilham Parlak assist, uh, and the full-time scoreline here reads 2-2, Turk Telecom Arena in shock. Umut, did you... I mean, what was your... How were you... Yeah, just explain your mindset. <laughs> uh... Please.
1: Actually, I haven't watched the game live, but uh, of the highlights and some full matches, please. Yeah, yeah, I was out of town. You know? Plastic. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, I was out of town for some uh, events and Christmas events, but. Oh, right. I had...
0: your uh, your uh, fancy dress. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. That one, yeah. <laughs> yeah that was a uh, dinner for Christmas, and I was there. I couldn't find any links or like uh, any good wireless. Uh, internet to watch Mm. the game and actually watching the game would ruin the night as well so I wouldn't bother (laughs) I can imagine
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah. so uh, watching the game from highlights and some uh, full match replays I can say that Galatasaray uh, didn't struggle finding some chances to Mm -hmm. score but uh, some of them were so important that if you don't convert them you would regret it at the end and that's what ha- happened at the end?
0: Yeah, Post uh, Pazdan and Kulusic having a really good match mm-hmm. uh, up until, of course, the point where Kulusic gives away the penalty. But he was especially very, very strong again. Yes. I, yeah.
1: Yes, yes. And uh, there's a position where Babel could have easily scored, but he blundered it like he did. It was actually the yeah. same exact position when uh, the Besiktas was going to take the title to Arena. And he missed it against Galatasaray, like, three years ago.
0: Don't, uh, remember. don't remind me, Umut. Yeah, yeah, Come yeah, on. yeah, yeah. Plenty That's... of pain to to go through this Yeah, week yeah, already. this is
1: exactly <laughs> the same kind of position. And uh, he didn't fucking learn a thing after that kind of occasion, even after three years.
0: Like, but was that, had... I think that was at 1-0, though, wasn't it? Or was he, it
1: 2-0? I don't remember. Uh, Fernando scored, actually, it was 1, no, no, it was 2-0, two 2-0. Nil, two nil. Okay. Rodriguez scored as well. Uh, then uh, we can see there's a, in the first half, there was a position where the uncorrigated defender was just pulling Ryan Dunk's shirt off, like the number 13. Uh, he's just pulling it from the corner kick, and the uh, referee didn't give anything to right side. It could have been called a penalty, but he didn't bother it. and... Falcao finds so many chances on his spot, even though he played uh, mediocre average. Uh, but he didn't convert it as well. You have to convert these uh, if you're going to be like to win the game. But Galatasaray he just wasted these kind of chances. And at the end, uh, you would know if you concede one when you're 2 0 up. Mm-hmm. Second goal would come in, you know, eventually.
0: Mm. Uh, it, well, like, it was an 88-minute, you're playing uh, against yeah, yeah. 10 men.
1: And, but, you know, uh, all the pressure, uh, like... God they tried. haven't
0: created anything all match.
1: <laughs> yeah. And all the pressure, uh, like, and the stupid penalty call, uh, like, stupid penalty made by Marcao. Yeah. Like, are you just it was, wrestling it, the men it, out there? Uh, it was
0: incredibly What dumb.
1: was the idea? Like... If you're a defender, you should be careful about these. Uh, yeah, like... Yeah. And after, like, Ilhan Palak's uh, great goal and an assist, uh like, there was nothing to do uh, because... And I don't know why Patrick keeps subbing in salchukinan in these kind of occasions. What does him... What does Selçuk Inan promise to the team, you know? There's nothing... Going on after I don't. What what options did
0: he did he have besides uh, putting on Serchuk in that match?
1: No no no. Uh-huh.
0: The thing is. Uh, no it's, a, it's it, a legitimate question. Like what could he have done otherwise? Like.
1: Uh, that's the thing that goes further beyond. Like uh, two years ago, I I was also saying that he just has to build these young players adapt to the team because. In the future, we'll need them to, like, uh, as a last resort in the squad. But uh, right now, we can see that Atalai hasn't played a single Super League game in his career, and he's now going to be 21 at the end of the year. And,
3: mm-hmm.
1: you know, he's born 20 or 21. He's born uh, 2000s, and... Mm-hmm. Uh, He's uh, also the age group, uh, similar kind of players. Uh, Yunus Akgün, Recep Gül and mm-hmm. uh, Abdul Samet Karachu uh, haven't found any chances under Fatih Terim. I don't know why Fatih Terim doesn't give these youngsters any chances. And I think he gave the chance to Ozan Kabak because he was forced to. Yeah, he was forced to. He didn't have any other choice, uh, only defender on the squad was uh, Ozan Kapak at the time and he just gave uh, the thing to Ozan and that
0: was... But that's something you see often. I also had that feeling with Şenol Güneş, for example. Like he, he would only give a chance to a young player when he was in a position where he just didn't have any other options. Like, take for example Güven Yalcin. The way how he got in the team last week was also uh, last season was also due to injuries and stuff. Like it was his little little rass resort. And I see that not just with Fatih Terim, but you see it with other coaches. Yeah, too. yeah, yeah.
1: That's uh, actually the uh, one of the common mistakes done by the Turkish managers, uh,
0: mm-hmm. coaches. I think Aykut Kojam is probably one of the few Turkish coaches who actually does uh, yeah. gi- give younger players chances. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. You know, uh, and actually, uh, like, uh, as I remember, there was a, a speech Salih Uçan gave, like, uh, 102 years ago, like, when he just gone to Roma from mm-hmm. Fenerbahçe because after uh, Aykut Kocaman resigned or he was sacked, I don't yeah. remember like uh, when Aksun took over. Yeah, uh, he uh, Salih chan was getting a few chances like uh, decent chances under uh, Aykut Kocaman, but when Arsenal uh, wait, not Chenille, uh, Arson came in, uh, he couldn't find any decent chances. Like he was just uh, getting around in the last 5 minutes of each game and this wouldn't provide him anything, you know. Uh, mm-hmm.
0: it, of course, oh, if we look back now at what happened in in his career since then, perhaps Erzunian was right not to.
1: No, him. because uh, you know he, he, it's the earlier times of him, you know. He, yeah, but maybe he, he could have been really better lazy if, he, in if he was giving or chance something. because uh, getting down there, not every player is similar or same, you know. Mm-hmm. They didn't react to uh, these decisions equally. Uh, you can see that in Indar gone to Roma and he was performing really well, but uh, maybe Salih was different and he couldn't like find the peace or like uh, find the right environment down there to perform uh, decently, you mm-hmm. know. So, this can be said. And actually, it was similar down the, the 2012 when Fakhterim gave Semikaya the uh, chances yeah. uh, he was actually forced to do because Savek Chitin and Gökhan Zan were injured. both suspended or injured uh, during the times, and he was forced to give the chance to Semikaya, and Semikaya used it very well under uh, the partnership with Thomas Uipalusi, which was a great partnership in my part because one of the best uh, defending partnerships I've seen live in Galatasaray right? Because I haven't seen the uh, Falco Guts and Thomas uh, uh, Stumf. Uh, partnership because it said like one of the best partnerships in Galatasaray history like uh, down in the 1994s uh, where we eliminated Manchester United from Champions League at the time. Uh, right now Galatasaray is suffering from the squad's squad depth because uh, we don't have any alternatives to such positions like uh, we don't have any alternatives to Belhanda's position other than Thailand Antalya right now because Atalay and uh, Abdus Summit are not ready or have played uh, any games to show themselves or redeem themselves under the fast term, And this is uh, a bad thing in the squad part because uh, squad needs an engineering uh, before the season starts and you have to be ready for each possibility it will happen uh, in, during the battle, during the competition. And Fatirim just uh, failed in that class, you know.
0: Mm. But let's so, head over back to the match, though, because there's a, a key yeah. moment in the match, too, with the red card for Deva Urgil. I think yeah. the unanimous agreement, really, of pretty much everyone was like, that was uh, incredible insane red i mean he got a second yellow card but it was so undeserved uh, i think ryan donk faked an injury uh faked <laughs> fake getting uh, an elbow in the face but uh, orgil's arm was like on his back or behind him or something and then the referee even signaled when he gave the card that he he, he was giving it for an elbow because he made the elbow motion with his mm. with his arm and i find it very weird because the, the ref was like looking straight at the situation so, w- so, very um, disgraceful decision to a referee. I, I thought this referee was actually having a really good game. If I uh, by
1: Ryan Dog's part, I don't think he regrets this because uh, if an opponent player uh, does, doesn't control his arm uh, like rightfully during the position, he can use it in his part, you know, to his benefit. Uh, to the arm, send yeah, him the off, his arm
0: was nowhere near his face. Nowhere near Yeah,
1: him. he's not in his face, but I think he used it. Uh, to, like, fake the thing. Mm -hmm. In the replay, you can see there's an arm uh, coming to his, like, cheek, and all, but he faked it and he made him sent off. Uh, I really really
0: think that VAR should be able to intervene on second second yellow cards if if they are unjustified. Uh, Of course, sometimes, you know, it's arguable, you know, there's, like, open interpretation, but, like, uh, yeah, I think really VAR should also have a say on second yellows uh, because yeah. yeah, sometimes it's... I often see that, you know, because it's such a good thing that VAR can overturn or at least have a referee look at the red card position again. But it happens a lot with, with second yellow cards, I think, where the, the, the second yellow is just very and harsh. Do you
1: also think uh, there's a penalty call uh, rightfully when Thailand and Thailand fall down?
0: Yeah, I think that was a clear penalty. Uh, Kulusic went for the ball, wanted to play it, but didn't get it, and uh, took uh, Tha- Thailand instead. So, but
1: I know. don't think there's like a really harsh contact on Thailand's knee it just he used yeah. the same same way Ryan Donk did. Like he not not make the defender, and just uh, after passing him, he just dropped himself to the ground. You know. Uh,
0: yeah, but if he doesn't, he can go on and do something. You know, like I mean, he, if there is no contact, then it, for me it was a penalty. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe you don't. Maybe you feel it was a little soft, but I don't know. Jakub, what did you think of the the right penalty? To me, it was pretty clear.
2: Yeah, the, what what it reminded me of was uh, was Burak when he played for us the way he falls. Um, <laughs> even though it was a. Um, it was a clear penalty. The way he falls, it, lo- it really looks like a he's little just... bit over
0: theatrical maybe. Yeah,
2: yeah, that's it. But uh, yeah, you know, it, he did get him. Uh, there's nothing. There's pretty much nothing that the defender could do when he uh, when he went for the for the move. So it was it was a nice. Uh, it was a it was a good decision by the ref. But uh, yeah, the way he fell is just um, it, it's really theatrical.
1: And uh, also, I can say that. Uh... The thing with the Galatasaray defense is that every single game there was a change in the defensive partnership which affects the team negatively. Like Marco has to play with and Zonzi, Ryan Dong, Ahmed Chaluk And like you have to play with all these guys Mm -hmm. uh, right next to them each game uh, because Fatir wants it that way. And you have to adapt to their styles every single game. Uh, without doing any like uh, errors or mistakes, but each player you, right next to you is different and you have to have a precautions done, but it's hard to perform under these kind of circumstances and I suffers from them because uh, the defensive partnership is a big thing in the game uh, and Also, uh, before the game starts, I would say that uh, uh, if Mariano and Nagatomo would be playing, Galca are going to suffer again from the uh, side balls, uh, wing plays uh, from the opponents, and we did actually. Mariano Mariano is like, uh, has been uh, performing really bad for the team. Like, he, attacking wise and defensive wise, he is rubbish uh, in the decent games. And I don't know we have to make some good changes uh, throughout these uh, transfer period in the January
0: I don't know what well, what did you think of the, the Marcao penalty by the way like why is he even using his arm there I think he I think he gets that ball if he do- I don't think he needs to do that I think he would be able to get that ball anyway uh, well
1: uh, uh, watching Marco like uh, Right now, you can call it a year because he, he came like mm-hmm. last January. year's January. Yeah, it's been a year, and I'm used to his uh some kind of clumsiness. Uh, because uh, he did similar things in Arzurum game last year, uh, the bouncing the ball and making uh, making the opponent score. Uh, in the Benfica game, he made some weird handball. During the game, I don't know why that was uh,
0: harsh. I remember though. Uh,
1: I don't know, but he it does it doesn't change the fact he's yeah. uh, you, uh, prone to this kind of cl- uh, clumsiness. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? brain farts. Uh,
1: yeah, he he does this uh, like in five or uh, six games. Uh, one of five or six games. So I'm used to that, but uh, I would be I would feel better if he do uh, does these like down to minimum.
0: Yeah, I would understand that. (laughs) But let's, when we're talking about brain farts, I think that's the perfect segue to go over to the next match. The first match on uh, Sunday was Gaziantep Kayseri Spore, and this match ending 3 0. And the master of brain farts, uh, our man Kayode, scored a brace in this match in the 73rd and the 90th minutes. Uh, a ter- a third minute of stoppage time actually from the penalty spot, but before that Guray Vural had actually opened the scoring in the 67th minute and I was watching this match and the first half was kind of boring and it was really kind of boring up until the goal and then suddenly all hell broke loose, uh, Guray Vural, former player of Kayseri Spore, celebrated a little bit too... Um, emphatically, I guess. I think he may have gone and celebrated uh, towards the away section. I'm not sure, but uh, brilliant Uygun, the Kaizer Sport coach, lost his marbles, went cra- crazy. Uh, kind of almost a fight broke loose on the touchline. Um, I think he got sent to the stands uh yeah that pretty much was the highlight of the match uh for me at least and then uh ultimately gazi gaziantep ended up winning it easily 3-0 but uh yeah gaziantep not having a great run of form but they get a good win here kaisery uh continue to yeah uh have a poor season simply uh put. but what uh any anything to add guys on this match
1: Not quite.
0: Doesn't sound like it. So then let's head over to the uh, midday match, one of the first big games of uh, of, of of the Sunday. Actually, Sivasspor, the leaders, taking on Fenerbahce. This match ending 3-1. For the leader, Siva goals here coming from Fernando in the 32nd minute. Emery Kilic in the 59th minute. Denis Sturuc pulling one back for Fenerbahce in the, uh, in the 85th minute. But then two red cards, one for Gary Rodriguez in the ni- in the 5th minute of stoppage time. And then Ozan Tufan got a second yellow uh, as a result uh, of, of um, yeah mouthing off to the referee, I guess. Uh, and he got sent off too. Um, Gary Rodriguez's red card was a direct red card, by the way, so he will normally miss the Derby match against Besiktas next weekend uh, because a direct red card is an automatic two-match suspension unless it is reduced to one match, but given... Um, what he did, uh, I don't think that's an. Uh, the, I don't really think there's a chance for that. If anything, I think he could get more than two matches. Uh, Ozan Tufan had got two yellows, so he will only miss the cup game midweek, and he will be available for the derby. But then, in the seventh minute of stoppage time, Zia Erdal made it three-one on a counter, and uh, yeah, Sivaspor continue their winning ways. If I'm not mistaken, that's their seventh win in a row. I believe they were on a six-match winning streak, just as Besiktas were. Um, Yeah, huge win for Sivaspor. We're going to uh, let Burak uh, shine his light on this match before we give our thoughts.
4: Right, everyone. It's the man of the law, Burak Sezgin. I'm unable to record with my fellow podcast friends this week, guys. So I'm giving my review on the Fenerbahce match from the weekend to you now. So hopefully Khan is going to do some splicing work and like put me in either side of probably Khan giving you a rundown of how the match went down, what happened, and the guys afterwards probably giving their, their thoughts on it as well at this point, and I'm sure if... Pat Cox is gonna be able to join us. Um but if not then I am gonna give you my my thoughts on the match and the loss that we suffered to Sila Spot. Now going into this game, we were well fair about you, we weren't on the best run of form to be fair. We had one two, drawn to and lost two from the previous side, so Pretty erratic form. Again, not very good away from home this season under Arsene Yanal. In fact, if you look at the stats, we've not been very good away from Istanbul at all. I mean, we managed to get a draw with Galatasaray. We managed to away at Galatasaray. And I at this point in time, I can't remember who else we've played away from home. But it's a run of games stemming a long way back where... As soon as we go out of the Istanbul bubble, we do very, very badly. And that was the same on on Sunday. Sivas are in ex- excellent form, excellent form. They've won five games on a bounce. And they started off like uh, Sivas Kangals, um, as a lot of you may have seen the memes. Absolutely chomping at the bit. And this is a Sivas team that were missing their captain as well. And they had a bit of a makeshift midfield going on. As well, but even with the lack of their captain, whose name escapes me right now, so apologies. I think it might be Matt. No, it's not yeah, Matt Hakan Yandash because it was playing, it's the other chap, um, Harkan, I believe. So, even though they had their captain missing, they still absolutely ran us ragged for pretty much the full 90 minutes. Um, Lazar Channel by, by has got them playing really good football. There's a lot of new transfers in this squad as well. So if you look at their starting eleven, I think at least four or five of them came into the team at the start of this season. So they've managed to gel very quickly, understand what is required of them from their their manager, and there is some quality as well. So their their three goals, the first goal is a a great finish by uh, Fernando and then Emre Kulinc popping up, and then right at the end, as we were pressing to try and get the equaliser, left exposed at the back, and Silas made it 3-1 to rightly win the match and take the three points. A few uh, key moments of the match that stood out to me. I think the Kurulman as Turks would say, like the main turning point is when Sadak went off injured. Now, we know now, unfortunately, he's done his cruciate ligament and he is going to be out for at least seven to eight months so he's going to be lucky to make it back for the start of the next season so we're wishing him well such a shame as he had broken into the first 11 in the last couple of weeks and put some good performances alongside sad he's scrappy quick uh, you can never follow him for effort always wears his heart on his sleeve he came in last season at a really bad time for us. And I think that coming in at that time just maybe messed with his head a little bit and his performances were quite erratic. He did score that great goal against Besiktas to make it uh, 3-2, I believe, at the time it was. So he does have a few goals in him. But he's also a quick centre-back now. Sadaraz is, for all his qualities... um playing really well for us this season. He is still quite slow. And alongside him, we were playing uh, Matthijs and Zanka, who is also quite slow. So as soon as Zanka came on, and you've got Isla to the right of him, who, who bless him, his is best days are probably behind him. He's also not the quickest guy. And then, of course, the left-back situation, which is just an absolute shambles. Um, uh, Dirar should be playing right-back or right-wing uh, for me. Um, so there was a little bit of pace that back four with Dirard, but as soon as Zanka came on, we were just left exposed on that right side. And rightly so, uh, Fernando pops up and puts Sivasbord 1 nil ahead. And I just will talk about a team set up for, for us. It looks like we're set up for the the four two three one, but Ozan Tufan is not a right winger. Um, I know he started his career as right-back, but he's ever since then, he's been playing in a central midfield position. Now, I'm not sure if he's best suited to being a a central midfielder or an attacking central midfielder, but I think when you put him out on the wing, he's not the the quickest of guys. He looks like he's carrying a little bit of extra timber, uh, so extra weight, compared to the start of the season. So I'd like to see him lose some weight um, to be able to fulfil his position in the centre of the park. Now I think sticking him out on the right you're losing his abilities in the centre of the park to pass the ball, maybe even break up some attacks. I'm not sure. I'm not convinced by his tackling, but he, a guy, is a guy who can get the ball and drive forward and pick a pass. Um, I think someone else should have started on the right of the start if started Denis Stuđić on the the right wing, uh, personally to give him the ability to actually run at the Silvas defence. And I think this was the kind of game where we were needing someone like a Tolga Giargi in the middle of the park. Now, he's had his critics in the past. He has started a lot of games for us in the earlier part of the, the season. But what he would give you against a team like Silas is a good engine. And I think you've got like Emre, Gustavo, or in that central midfield. And Mad Max had a really bad game. They missed a great not a great chance, but he missed a good chance where he just snapped at it and launched it over the crossbar. So, very disappointed with the performance of Max Cruz and pretty much the whole team today. Um, I think Sarah Aziz was our best player. Um, Vedat did a lot of holding up the ball, and but he just didn't do anything with the goal-scoring opportunities. And that can be put down to our, our lack of being able to create anything, even with Emre. On the pitch, and the only person that made an impact is Dennis Tulich when he came on with a great goal and he almost leveled it up. But uh, Samasa pulled off a great save. Um, he also pulled off a, pulled off a great save in the first half from Gary Rodriguez, who was one on one with the goalkeeper and managed to score for once. But alas, he was offside, which was the correct call. And I'm jumping a little bit all over the place here, but our. Build-up play was far too slow. Uh, we were just far too indecisive for the final pass. Gary Rodriguez is quick, but he runs with his head down and doesn't look up enough. I'm not convinced by his crossing ability. I think Dennis Turić is the guy we need if we want to put crosses into the box from the wing, from free kicks, from corners. He's also a good set piece taker if we have direct free kicks on goal, as we saw from his performance last season and. He believe he scored one for the national team as well but looking at the team performance all around it looked like we never defrosted as we came off the bus into Sivas and Sivas are showing everyone why they are the leaders and rightfully so they've won six games in a row right now, what I will say is will they be able to keep that up in the second half of the season as we know we, it's the last game week in the first half of the season next weekend when Fenar take on Beshitash in Kadaköy. So God knows what's going to happen there with the way the results are going right now. But Sivas Silas probably don't want the season to end. So I would just fully expect them to win their next game, and their next game is against. They, they go away to So, But the thing is, the way this league is going, ladies and gentlemen, anything can happen. If you see, saw from the results tonight... As well, which were crazy. Uh, Trabzonspor losing after going ahead at home to Denizlispor, And Basak here dropping points to Konyspor as well with a, a 1-1 there. But I don't know if Silas will be able to keep up this momentum going into the second half of the season. After the break, when they get back. I don't know if they're going to make some additional signings. But... The players seem to have exuded a lot of energy. We, we know that the teams raise their performances when they're playing against the big Istanbul clubs like Galatasaray and Besiktas and Fenerbahce. Some teams more than others, as we've seen during this season, um, especially Kayseri, sport against Fenerbahce and Kasım Pasha against Besiktas, um, I think Khan was saying that's the same every season for some reason. Kasim Pasha always raise their game when they play Besiktas. But, again, very disappointed by the, the team performance. Very disappointed that the players lost their heads in the last minutes of the game. I have no issue with any of the cards that Ali Palabay gave out right at the end. Um, Gary Rodriguez completely lost it and lashed out as his opponent. Uh, dangerous, violent conduct. And if you look in the EFAB rule book, because, as you know, I am a man of the law. That is a direct red card for for dangerous and violent play. And Ozan, already on the yellow card, silly hothead that he is, frustrated, complains to the referee, and he sees yellow again. And what people are talking about also um, with this incident is, as Ozan's walking off the pitch, he hands the captain's armband to Vedak Moric, who slaps out out of his hand and reprimands Ozan, shouts at him, saying, "Why are you getting carded? Why are you getting sent off?" And some people are making an issue of this because the captain's armband had the, the Turkish flag on it. Um, I think that's just making a big deal out of nothing. It was the frustration of Vedat. He, he could have been slapping out uh, a baby snapper with poo in it at that point. He was just so far enraged with the fact that Ozan had left his team down to nine men, even though it was right at the end of the match. We've got some games coming up. Luckily, Ozan is still going to be available for derby next weekend. The cup game midweek means he'll serve his suspension there. Gary Rodriguez, probably an immediate two-game ban for that direct red card. So going into the game against Besiktas next weekend, honestly, I would start... I want to say Faraday and Denis Turic on the wings. If Hassan Al-Khalduram is back, then I might be tempted to go for Nabil Diras on the right and Denis on the left and maybe bring Faraday on a little bit later. I was very happy to, to see Faraday come and get some minutes. I was arguing with a few friends of mine, actually, yeah, you know, saying this isn't the type of game that you should bring Faraday on for because we're trying to protect him a little bit which I, I disagree with. Um, he's had a good few games where he's got his confidence up. He's scored. He's got some assists. So this is a type of game where you can, I think, you know, test his character a little bit. Some people might say, well, you know, it's a bit of a negative situation. You're playing away. It's cold and you're losing. But these are types of situations where you want to see a player step up and, and prove that they want to play and that's what I saw for Faraday—a willingness to get the ball and pass it forward, get his head up, play the ball forward, find the open man. Unfortunately, he wasn't able to impact the result because I just think at that point the team was so far gone from a Ferroviário side; they had just been completely run ragged by by this this Sivasport team, who were playing a very um, quick counter in 4 4-3-3 formation. Um, were Fernando and Emre Kulinch, the speedy wingers, and with the Gatapada going through the middle. And they were thoroughly deserving of their win. Um, I was just annoyed that Ali Pallabaik was seeming to be giving out very easy yellow cards at the start of the match, the one to Isla, which he gave out. But then after that, you can't him for his performance, really. There wasn't too much to... To call cool or make fun of. Not make fun of. You know what I mean. To you know, clamp down on with regards to the fouls. I think there was like four yellow cards for Siversport. Well I must say. Siversport were play acting a lot in this game. So every single challenge or tackle that went in. They would fall over extremely quickly. Theatrical. The you know, grimacing shouting on their faces. Which I wasn't happy to see. But also that could have been. You know, ex, ex, exenu, ex, accentuated by the fact that we were losing at that point in time, and it was an awful game. Um, I don't think we should panic and sack Janal or fans on social media just saying, you know, is Istifar, Ali is defar Need to remember what this club has been through in the past season and in the past 10 years as well. And we've got Ali Koch at the helm now, a smart forward-thinking businessman and I don't know the way things are going you've got any team from six or seven could end up being champions in the second half of the season depending on signings in the transfer window in January uh, the way the four teams forms are going to be in the second half of the season so it's going to be very interesting when the, the Super League comes back after the winter break but that was my thoughts on the the Fair March match, for everyone. Um, give us a like and a subscribe. Um, if you want to see anything in particular on podcasts, then do leave us um, a comment on our Twitter or our Facebook page. Uh, thanks for listening. And I'll now hand back to Khan so he can talk you through the rest of this week's match.
0: Well, I hope uh, you enjoyed uh, Burak, uh, the man of the law, giving his thoughts on the Fenerbahce match. Burak, of course, uh, wanting to uh, yeah give uh, give his full thoughts on that match, and I think he made some great points. Um, guys, do you think Sivasspor are going to be able to keep this up? Jakub, I'm going to start with you.
2: Well, um, I don't hope they do. <laughs> just 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 because I'm just because I'm being selfish. Yeah. But on a on a serious note. Um, you know, I remember, I remember Riza Chalumbay's uh, time at Trabzonspor. He mm-hmm. had a first, he had a really good first half of the season, but uh, pretty much the second half he broke down, which led to some point losses. I have a feeling um, that that the same is going to happen at Sivas,
3: mm-hmm.
2: but um, you know, one one could argue that because Sivas um, not to throw shade or anything, is, isn't that big of a club compared to Trabzonspor, there might be a little less. Um, pressure on him so he can he can play with players that are might maybe not that talented but you know with 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 without the pressure and uh with his coaching they perform above their uh, above their quality mm-hmm. um <clears throat> what I also do what I what I want to ask the both of you I know that um emery we, we we talked a lot about him yeah. he, you know he's pretty much the shining player in the team um I have a feeling that he might go away uh in, in, in the winter in the winter break, you know, uh, to a big uh, competitor. I might even see him at Cal right, because I think they need him the most in that position. But um let's say he does leave. Do you think that um Sivas is going to break down? Because I have a feeling that if he does leave, um attacking wise they will, you know, obviously decrease in decrease in quality a lot.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And um yeah, barring uh, big injuries or anything. Even then, even even though he left, they might still keep go keep this going. But how do you feel? Do you think that if if Emre Kulin does go to a big competitor, that the team might kind of fall apart?
0: Uh, Umut, do you wanna go first? About. <laughs> okay, I will go first. <laughs> uh, well, I think that right now, Sivaspor are really running on uh, their great synergy that they have. Uh, Umut has spoken about that a couple of times already this season, where they have this core of of middle, uh, middle-aged middle uh, young, middle-aged Turkish players in the sense of, uh, for a footballer 25, I guess, is like, not young but not old, definitely not old. They're coming into their prime years. Uh, I think Emery Kilinc and Mert Hakan Yandash are both extremely important in why Sivaspor work as well as they do. Both of them make really good Good runs they stretch the opponents they make uh, infiltrating runs which makes it easier for other players create space for other players uh, they make especially uh, both of them really make really intelligent uh, runs and uh, Emre is also really good uh, on the ball uh, trying to, for launching other players. I really do think Mertje Hakan and, and, and Emre are in the same position. They're both on uh, Bosman this January. So they are able to sign for free with another club uh, in the summer. That means they can already sign a pre-contract in January. Um, Sivaspor are in a tough position there. Uh, they have come out and said a couple of times now that they won't be selling Emre or Mecht Uh I, I also don't think that, that Besiktas, Galatasaray Fenerbahce have the money or rather are willing to pay the money that will be necessary to get them six months early. Because I think if you realistically want to get those guys, you're probably going to have to pay uh, three, four, maybe even five million for a guy that still has six—only just six months left on his contract. Uh, of course, the players could p- start putting some pressure on Sivaspor, but I don't really think that uh, that that they are gonna do that because uh Kilin, she's kind of a how should I put it a child of the club. Really, he has his career to tank to to Merit Mert Hakan, uh, to a lesser extent as well. Um, I don't think they will do it. You never know. Uh, Maybe if the clubs kind of put a little bit of pressure on them. Um, As for whether uh, Sivas will collapse, I do think they actually would. Because I already think that if you look at the overall quality of their squad, they don't really have a very strong, individually talented group if you look at it. I mean, look at, for example, Mustafa Yatabari is their, their striker. He was never a great player in the league he was always kind of like an average striker in the league and he's kind of right now i think performing above his level then you have aruna kone who was a really good player but he's already 36 or something like that you can see that he's only able to play x amount of minutes a match i think they 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 do lack that pure quality i can't really point to a single player um in their midfield except for emre and emert hakan that i really think is, is is of a that could actually play for one of the big clubs and and Uh, hold their own if you know what I mean Um, they have a good uh, Brazilian uh, right back I think they they brought in to replace Douglas but his name eludes me right now but their defensive line doesn't really consist out of exceptional players Samasa is a really good goalkeeper Um, but I I don't know I I just don't think that they have a really good squad the the, the thing for me mainly is I don't think they can keep this up but the big question is who's going to put the pressure on them because next week we have besiktas fenerbahce you know worst case scenario uh, in terms for the league so to speak that ends in a draw and then sivaspor move um, if they win another two points clear of them um yeah, I mean, and if Fenerbahce win, then, then, then Besiktas drop off. If, Fener- if Besiktas win, then Fenerbahce drop off. Um, you know, we have Trabzonspor now dropping points this weekend. Galatasaray dropping points this weekend. Fenerbahce, Besiktas dropping points. The big question is, I think, not as much can Sivaspor keep it up, but who of these traditional big clubs is going to step up in the second half of the season and is going to go on a consistent run? Because... That's the main issue, I believe. I don't know if you guys agree. Umut? Yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. <laughs> so I had this question, actually, my friend Özcan, uh, after uh, Sivas beat Fenner 3-1, and he's been saying for a couple of weeks, like, oh, you know, I think they actually could, you know, they, they could stay in a thing. well, And I'm like, yeah, you know what, they can be in the race, but they, I, they, are, they have no chance of winning it. I just can't see it happen. And he asked me again after the match, he's like, do you still think that? And I still think it, really. I don't think that Sivaspor are going to finish the season with 75 plus points. And to me, if you want to be a a champion on your own merits, you kind of have to get like 73 plus or something at least. But if you get like 68, 69, 67 points, then you just won the league because the rest of the teams clearly didn't perform up up to snuff. And The only way I can see Sivasport winning the league is if everyone else just shits the bed (laughs) like they are doing right now, (laughs) quite frankly. But nevertheless, Sivaspor are playing right now some impressive football. I think they totally deserved their win against Fenerbahce. They just came. Like what I said of Fenerbahce last week against against Charibrile, where they were like whirling forward and are just like a like a, a uh just going over them. And that's kind of what Sivaspor did here. Um, and, and, you know, to their credit, uh, they, they play, played a great game. And they are playing some of the best football in the league right now, for sure.
2: Yeah. I mean, in my in my opinion, the the point difference isn't that big at the moment. Um, you know, six points. It's it's just two games, mm-hmm. so and uh, you know, with with the whole second half left. What did the, 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 the Trabzon well.
0: and Sivas already meet? I don't recall.
2: Um, that's a good question. Or are they I playing on the last
0: uh, match day of the, <laughs> the, the <laughs> second half of the Let me look. season? Half, yeah. Yeah, uh, we're playing
2: against Konya next week. Yeah, and the week
0: after. I think you might be playing them actually, if I'm not mistaken. But because uh, I, I just simply can't remember what what the the, the result was there. Obviously, Sivaspor beat Beşiktaş three nil in uh, the opening match day. They lost to Galatasaray at Türk Arena three two, I believe. Now, of course, they they beat um, they beat uh, Fenerbahce. I don't remember what they did against Başakşehir either. Um, did they play Trabzon already? I, I yeah, think. yeah, we, we, we played
2: against them in the eighth, uh, ah. in the fifth play, uh, uh, in, in the fifth week. And? Um, I, I kind of remember that game, it was the game that Aldizas scored in the third minute. Yeah. But we lost on a 90 plus six minute goal from Wurzivce. Oh.
0: Uh, okay, so,
2: oh, all right, right,
0: right, right, I remember it too now. That was in Sivas though, right? Yeah, that was yeah, yeah. in Sivas. And what did they do against Basakshir? Or are they still what do they them? do
2: against uh, t- 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 um, I don't know which week they played against 2-1, Um, two
0: one two one. I would cut this out one dear one. Yeah, listeners, but I'm just too lazy. <laughs> um, <laughs> I already have to do enough one, splicing with putting Burak's uh, Segment in. Just oh, go to oh. just go to Soccerway, and you have an entire list. No,
2: I have the entire list in front of me. It's just taking a couple of seconds. Um, nope. I think they played... Um, I think they didn't play... Uh, did they play against each other? Because I can't find it. Let one me just one. quickly
0: check if they still have to... Yeah,
2: 1-1. They played 1-1 one oh, one, okay. um, the week before they played against us. They played draw against the ah, against okay. and, that, and,
0: and that was when Bishakshir was still kind of in their slump. So Yeah, yeah. They have uh the first match back in January will be away at Vodafone Park, um for, for them. Uh so that's gonna be interesting. So their potential downfall could start there. Uh but yeah, I, I no matter how good they're playing right now, I just I just can't imagine them winning the league title with, with Yatabare and you know uh, with all the respect to 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 Emre and and and, and Mert Hakan who are having a fantastic season and I really do think that that they could add something to the the top teams right now but I just don't think that sh- that normally speaking that should not be enough but yeah we'll have to wait and see maybe uh the, the lesser pressure but at the same time we also saw with Başakşehir that having less pressure doesn't necessarily mean that you can cope with pressure uh and, and they don't have players that know what it is to win the league either. And I think that's something is very important. Because, I, I, for example, with, with Besiktas, I always uh, thought in, in to, like 2014 under Bilic, I think they really left the title, title on the table there. And I feel like they didn't win it because they, they choked and because they didn't have players that really knew what it was to win a title. But then when they got Mario Gomez in, he was, just, he was more than just goals. He was also... That player that could inspire the rest of the team because he he's won everything almost in his career and he inspires the rest of the team. To, and that's the same thing happened with, with Galtzeray, with Drogba, with Schneider. I really think that you need at least one player like that who knows what it is to win. The winning that.
2: mentality.
0: Yeah, yeah. Not yeah, not just a winning mentality, but also who knows what it is to win trophies because you can have big players like, for example, a Dembaba, Uh, When he came to Besiktas. But he wasn't really... He was a big player and a big name. But he never really won anything either. You know? So... Yeah. The winning mentality. And uh, I think that's something that... Sivas, on paper at least, I can't really point at a player who I could say... Well, this guy knows what it is to to help the team and drag them across the finish line. But uh, you know what? Uh, If Sivas built a big enough lead early before match day 25 if they have like an 11 point lead or something then it's gonna be very tough but i really do think if they go into those those, those final 10 or nine matches of the season like we saw with Bashakshir last season with like nine six points then every match becomes a final and then also in addition you know other teams will be gunning for them more Anyway, let's move over to the next match, the one that shattered my dreams. Malatya Sport, and Besiktas losing 2-0 at Vodafone Park here. Goals here coming in the 85th minute through Thievi Bifuma and then uh, Adis Yahovic in the 9th minute of stoppage time from the penalty spot. After also Jana Erkin had seen his second yellow card. Uh after protest and uh, honestly i think uh, janer could have gotten sent off earlier in this match because he couldn't keep his mouth shut um in the first half already and I, just throughout this match i've really felt like Beşiktaş started the match really nervous i had the feeling that the team was on edge janer was bitching from minute one for every little thing contesting absolutely everything Um, And that that just shows that I think the entire team were kind of on edge a little bit. Um, Brock was keeping, you know, trying to contain himself, but he had troubles with it. You could see it, but he was trying to contain himself because he was one yellow card away from a suspension, which would have resulted in him missing the derby. So you could see him uh, really struggling with that. But despite that, for 85 minutes, I thought Besiktas were actually playing uh, okay. Um, I, I really like the organization, because Besiktas, I don't think, gave away a single chance, except for Adis offside goal that he scored. Uh, the organization defensively has been really good. Uh, for a while now, um, last week against Kasim Pasha, it wasn't that good, uh, but in general, uh, since Besiktas have gone on a good run, the the organization has been really good, and then here against Malatya, it was really good too, didn't really give anything away, it wasn't until the 84 minute or so, when Abdullah Avci threw away his organization, took out Mohamed Neni from midfield, and put in Guven Yalchin instead, where he just completely gave away his midfield and that instantly resulted in Bifuma's goal, which was a fantastic goal, by the way. Um, Duven Yalcin's uh, comedical defending notwithstanding, it was a fantastic strike. Um yeah, it it it, it kind of left a, a sour taste in my mouth in, a, in the sense. But I was kind of happy gen- in general still with the football that Besiktas played. Also, given the limitations Besiktas have, uh, no pure winger. Uh, Diaby just isn't a winger, didn't have a good match either. Channer isn't a winger. Uh, they really miss Nkudu, Besiktas do, I feel. And they need to bring in a new winger in January. Of course, they have Aydin Hasic, who is signing a professional contract in January. But I don't know if... Uh, if Abdullah Afci is going to look at him as a serious option already, the kid just turned eighteen years old. So, um, given the money that Besiktas are paying for him, he they must see something in him. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Besiktas need more depth on the wing, and then they also desperately need more depth up top with a with a quality striker. Because um, we j- we joked about it uh, two weeks ago, I think, when Burek scored that great goal in Konya. But despite that, he has been very poor so far this season. He has not found his form in this match again. I thought he was poor. Um, He just isn't able to put his mark on the matches like he did in the second half of last season, uh, up until the moment he got injured last season. Um, Yeah, Besta's just lacking something up top there. Their organization is good. Their midfield with um, Neni and Atiba is doing well. I think Leic is getting a lot of criticism from the fans, but I liked him in this match. He worked really hard. He tried to create opportunities. He his shooting was terrible, but he his dribbles were good. His passing was good. Everything you want from a number ten, except for you know a goal from from outside the box or something. Um, lots of penalty shouts from Besiktas in this match, and for me, my friends were all saying, "Oh, we got screwed by the referee." Blah blah blah, and. If I look at all those penalty positions one by one, I just can't look, I just can't point at a single one where I'm like that's 100% a penalty every day of the week. You can't not give that. This just isn't one. The closest one to that to me was like the Atiba one, but for me technically that's a penalty because... He, the defender doesn't get the ball. He pushes Atiba off the ball, but for me, Atiba is moving outside the box. I think, or at least turning his back towards goal, and that would have, for me, that would have been a very hard penalty. If Fernand Machado would get that penalty. I'd be pissed. So then, for me, that's not really, to my feeling, that's not really a penalty. Uh, there's a couple of other positions. I think the one with Diaby, where. Um, Mina definitely gets him, but he first gets the ball. I thought it was a really good tackle by Mina, and I, I really, I think I've praised him before on this show, Arturo Mina, but I'm such a big fan of this guy. He is absolutely one of the best defenders in the league right now. Um, obviously you don't know exactly what a player like that could bring when he moves to a club like Galatasaray or Beşiktaş or Trabzonspor because there's d- different things required from a defender a central defender at a big club you need more build up and all that but when it comes to his physicality and his dominance in the air um i yeah i i don't don't think there's a better defender in the air right now in Turkey and that's ironically, Bisiktes were playing a lot of crosses in this match, uh, and you're just not going to get uh, a goal like that with a guy like Mina standing there and just heading everything away. He was brilliant. Um, I don't know. If, Jakub, you, I assume you watched this match with your BFF. <laughs> did you uh, Did you feel like one of the penalty shots for Bisiktes was a, a growth mistake by the ref that he didn't uh, give it or something like that?
2: Um, well... Uh, i didn't watch the game um, I, I wasn't able to i did watch the watch the highlights and um, you know I I, I I do see some of the positions as being like 50-50 maybe the penalty shout outs
0: yeah, that's that's the thing but, for me too it's like kind of 50-50 so you know the, the these are the kind of positions that
2: when they happen for your team you you want them to yeah, go your way exactly. but when they happen to to another team you you don't want them because yeah. it, it seems too soft.
0: Yeah, that's um, how I feel. And then I I want to be consistent. And for me, those just aren't. It's not enough. I mean, I what mean, I do enough, what yeah. I do
2: have to say is props to the um, props to the ref for not you know uh, crumbling under the pressure of all the home yeah, fans, yeah. you know, and just trying to give one away after all the. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the whistling and like stuff. we
0: saw with the, the bratislava match where the referee did end up giving into uh the crowd and, and 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 the players basically after having turned away like three or four penalty positions
2: yeah but um you know all in all it it there are some there are some hard decisions you know um there mm-hmm. are, um they could go both ways and I don't think that anyone would complain if the penalties that were that weren't given were given you know um mm. it's just um as a neutral guy it is just a um it's just um it's, it's hard for a, th- these are the games that refs kind of hate i think to to referee you know because whatever you do you will all be you will always be um seen as-
0: yeah i i don't like this referee uh but like i said I I don't think that he and also I, throughout the match I you know this is not a referee I tend to like in general Kemal Ulu but um, like my friends were all saying ah you know he was terrible for us blah 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 but I think he had opportunities to for example give Burak a, a yellow card and suspend him for the derby nothing like where you would say like I ah, should have always gotten a yellow but like I've seen yellow cards given the season where a player doesn't like a decision by the ref and turns to them and, like, makes a gesture or something and instantly gets a yellow. And I know Burak was trying to contain himself, but there were one or two moments where he just couldn't help himself. And I think if the ref really wanted to be a dick, he would have just given me a yellow card. So I didn't have the feeling that the ref was trying to be an ass. Uh, I think that, in general, Malatya Spor's defense was really well-organized, too. I was surprised by that, quite frankly, because Malatya have been kind of a Swiss cheese at times this season but uh, yeah uh, Sergen had them uh, standing really well uh, Umut what was, were your thoughts uh, on this match
1: uh, I'm actually thinking the same that uh, the of position can be called as a penalty because it was yeah. no direct contact to
0: the ball so but that's the only one that I feel was really like no someone...
1: no no, no actually, what did you think was... of the
0: Burak and Leic, then yeah yeah mean...
1: Laich was some kind of a hand movement by the defender like uh... He, that is not appropriate but don't you think
0: he's looking for the penalty there like a little bit too much you have to be
1: looking for the penalty yeah but uh i don't think the defender has the right to like uh, move his hands that way in the in his own box because yeah. uh, there's a, a cold play like almost uh, omuz a shoulder to shoulder and this isn't yeah. one of them like yeah. he's i know the defender has the ball like uh most probably on his uh, control at the time uh, the i don't know who is that uh
0: Adebe uh, uh, Adebe I think yeah yeah uh, uh, and uh, Burak's position yeah i, I really used i think to Burak, that. if he goes down on the first contact cuz he has a contact from behind with the defender before he uh, tries to look for a shot i think if he goes down there the ref has to give it actually it the Brak one is actually what you call a shoulder to shoulder position, yeah, yeah the uh, second position. But on the first position, he gets like almost I was surprised he didn't go down. <laughs> Maybe he was afraid to get a yellow for diving. but uh... Uh,
1: yeah, we you, you know brack, but <laughs> and also this uh, same as the uh, M- Malius sports penalty as well. Uh, Bifuma passes the defender down there. But uh, similar to that he doesn't actually ha- before he, he, he gets the penalty he, do you think there's a foul on the
0: Beşiktaş defender Possibly yeah I don't know what did, what did you think of that uh, Jakub? did you think that was a foul on Rocco or was it just a fair physical duel
2: Um I have to rewatch it um just so you discuss can you give me a minute <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, it's, it's like I always say, I think, you know, like, uh, for example, the Diaby, um, the Diaby uh, with, uh, what's his face, <laughs> with Mina, with Arturo Mina, that's that duel. Um, so some people are saying, look, okay, he gets the ball, but then he takes the man. And Diaby, I think if he doesn't take the man, Diaby still has a chance to get the ball, but not in the box, obviously, but outside the box, maybe put in a cross or something. So some people are saying like that should be a penalty but for me at the end of the day it's still kind of a contact sport and uh mina gets the ball first it was a really good interception i think and a crucial interception so for me that kind of belongs to the whole um to the whole concept of contact sport you know if as long as the the force used isn't excessive i think it's fine and i think if you get the ball first And you don't use excessive force to get the ball, you know what I mean? Like, if you get the ball first and then there's some follow-up contact, that's going to happen. I don't honestly know. Lots of people are saying that probably should have been a fall on Rocco. Uh, We've seen stuff like that before where I think uh, I seem to remember... um, the derby last season between Fenerbahce and Galatasaray, where there's like something in the build up of one of the goals with, was it with Valbuena uh, and I don't know like we're looking a little bit too much t- for still some soft calls I don't know Jakub have you been able to look back at the position
2: yeah I just watched it um, yeah I don't know this this one is a difficult one I would normally give give a foul for this one um, because it, it kind of seems like he's He's shoving she's shoving him in the back mm. but you know um, I'm also a guy that is like um that I, that was taught is uh, how deal a shoulder a shoulder charge is just mm-hmm. part of the game you know but it doesn't really look like they are you know butting shoulders against each, against each other it, it, it does look like um Rocco was a little bit too slow so he was trying to get his body between uh, between him and the ball. Mm-hmm. and um hoping for the for the foul it looked that's like that's
0: what it often is uh with defenders they are hoping to get that foul and i hate that uh i remember a couple of years ago when Ersan Gulin was still playing for Besiktas i think it was against i want to say Konya or Bursa where um he has the ball he's got his body in between the defender and the ball and he just like slows down uh, and he could have just gotten the ball, passed it back to the goalkeeper. But instead of doing that, he slows down. He feels a little bit of contact, and he goes. And he drops like a, a sack of, a bri- You know, a sack. I want to say a sack of shit, but I like Ersan, so I'm not gonna. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna say it like that. But you know, he he drops himself and just expecting to get the fall, and he didn't. And the guy goes on and scores. And I just think that's such a stupid thing to do from defenders. I don't understand why they do it all the time. I think they should just knock that off, trying to get those easy falls. And referees go for it really often. But sometimes they're just like, nah, dude, not this time. And then, then what? It's not worth it. If you manage to get your body in between the ball and the man, play the ball. Play it to to the goalkeeper. Play it to your teammate. Don't go down easily. Uh, Try to play the ball always. Look, knock it out. Otherwise, Uh, just make sure it's gone. That ball. And then, if you still won't feel like going down, go ahead. But, you know. Anyway, uh, yeah uh crazy weekend really and we're not done yet with all the craziness because uh, on Monday we had two more big matches with Basaksehir and Trabzonspor both being in action um but before we get there guys anything to add to uh the Trabzon uh, the Besiktas Malatya match
2: Not nope? not really
0: okay um no. No. then let's move over to Trabzonspor Denizlispor this match ending in 1-2, despite the fact that Trabzonspor took the lead in the 21st minute through an own goal from Oz Yilmaz following a, a good cross from uh, Daniel Sturridge. I think he was looking for, uh, was it Serloff at the near post? And uh, forced the defender to uh, put it beyond his own goalkeeper, Stakowiak, who had a fantastic game, by the way. Um, then Trabzonspor actually scored a second goal making it 2-0. This time it was Sturridge, but uh, the replay and the VAR decision, uh, the VAR replay did show that uh, Sturridge was offside twice even <laughs> in one position. Uh, so that goal was cancelled. Then in the second half, in the 59th minute, Hugo Rodaiega scored against his former club with a very nice header. And then again in the 82nd minute, Hugo Rodallega scored and put Denise de Sport 1-2 up. Uh, I do recall a couple of really fantastic saves from uh, Stakowiak, but Denizlispor did they steal it, uh, for, or did they deserve it, Jakub? What 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 do you what is your general feeling uh, after this result? Um, not to
2: say that they deserved it. I think that Trabzonspor deserved to lose. So I don't know how to. Um, now to put that in words that doesn't sound so bad against my team but mm-hmm. um yeah I just this this game just pissed me off so so much um you know um, as I said um when we started the podcast that um, I was all I was already thinking that because the big teams you know pretty much everybody lost it was just it was known. It was the the universe has written it, so you know that we all that we are also supposed to lose. And um, I I did quite like the team, to be honest. I, I liked the first half. The first half was maybe the the greatest the greatest half of football that we played this year, um, mm-hmm. in the Super League. But um, you could just see that there was a little bit of nervousness in the team, even though we went ahead and um, we were just pressuring. Dennis in sport. Dennis the sport couldn't really do, ma- do anything.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: But, um, you, you just saw, you could, you could see like the cracks in the wall. So to say, you know, you could see the cracks in the foundation
3: mm-hmm.
2: and, um, yeah, trouble sport just, just lost their minds. So to say, they, they, they ran their asses off and it, it showed after a couple, after the first half that, um, you know, they couldn't keep this up. And, um, yeah, the, it, it was just terrible from, from the top down. The midfield was absolutely horrible. Um, the strikers were absolutely horrible, except only Sturridge. Sturridge was the only one that really played a, a great game, and he got substituted off, which I'm still so angry about. Um, you know, um, I, I really liked Jusuf Sade in the first half, but um, when, you just, when, you, when you look back at the game, it was more of a... Um, I'm 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 just going to call it like the Emre Morsk type of game, you know, just a lot of running but not a lot of you not, not a lot of action, you know, not a lot of involvement in the in, in, in whatever happens. Um you could see he was really eager to, you know, um to do something great, but
3: mm-hmm.
2: more than running running past his defenders and just not crossing it, not cutting in. That was pretty much his whole game and that annoyed me to bits. Um you know, um the end product just wasn't there for him. As I said, he should cut inside more as a guy that um that has a lot of pace and agility. I think that sudden changes of uh sudden changes of uh of direction could throw up a lot of defenders, but he for some reason doesn't do that. Mm-hmm. Um and this game was pretty much the classic tale of uh Atamayana Atarlar.
0: Yeah, exactly the um, same in the Besiktas match, by the way.
2: <laughs> yeah, you could just you could just see the goal coming. You could, see, you could just see the goal coming, yeah. and um, I, it was just destined that Rodega was the one to score. Um, Did that sting I, extra? No, no, no. Uh, he he scored a really great goal, and yeah, both of them been, were
0: great goals. I yeah, felt
2: I would have been more pissed off if Mustafa Jumler, uh you know, <laughs> fucking Seki scored, but you know, Rod, Rodega was. It's, it's always a it's always a forward that does yeah. get into positions. You know, yeah. um, I really liked him when he played at us. Um, he was like the the master of hitting the post, and um, it's it's kind of nice to see that he doesn't do that anymore. Except um, against Besiktas,
0: he always scored.
2: <laughs> yeah, he, he he pretty much always scored against Besiktas when he played yeah. with us. Even at Akisa. Other team. Yeah. yeah but what, what did surprise me is that fucking Ismail Isati is still playing i remember him mm. playing at, uh, at at PSV and you know
0: was really him playing,
2: him being the greatest talent uh, that uh, the dutch teams saw for like 2 weeks and he, he yeah he didn't really he didn't really look impress, uh, impressive to be honest
0: no, he's um, not the same player he was even a couple of years ago. When I, wasn't he at Antalya Sport a couple of years ago? When he was actually really good then. But
2: yeah, he's I'm not pretty sure player. he was. But you know, um, as I said, the midfield was absolutely horrible. Um, everybody knows that I'm, I'm the biggest uh, Sosa fan there is, but he did. He had such a such an awful, awful game. A lot of misplaced passes. Um, you know, the second half, Kadir Parmak went into the game. He was absolutely awful. He didn't do anything at all. Um, Mikel had a pretty okay game, in my opinion. Um, he was he was pretty much everywhere. He tried a lot. His, his, his passes connected a lot more than Sosa's did. But still, um, you could see that... Um, I don't know what it was with Sosa. Maybe that he hasn't... You know, he, he got injured like two weeks ago or something. Maybe that was a thing, but...
0: Yeah, I didn't play last week, yeah, because of that and maybe
2: Yeah, maybe a little bit of uh lacking of match fitness, I don't know, but he's also they... getting
0: older, thirty-four.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um but there as I said, um I I, I didn't like our attacking play. Um I absolutely I'm I'm starting to hate Waka I like the guy. He's a good he's a good player.
0: Great but, shot denied by a fantastic yeah, save by Stefan.
2: But but, I hate the way he just slows down the game. I just fucking hate it. I it, it wants I want to whip my hair up.
0: Because... What do you think of Barrow for example? Because, he, just ran your defense to bits at the end there, and of course, uh, against uh, Bashkir last week, he ripped them apart twice too. Almost scored a winning goal, but. Is that someone you would like to see at Troutman Sport, for example? Because he's been impressive so far this season for the Nisli Sport.
2: I don't know, man. I, I I always have a feeling with Barrow that he's just a player that relies a lot on his pace, you know, and um,
0: Defin- definitely, yeah. And, but he's know, also um, good on the ball, I think.
2: Yeah, he's. It's. It. You know, he's. I don't think he's the best. He's the best dribbler, to be honest. But but he keeps possession really really good. You know, he's
0: good body um, too. I'm sorry. Good body, strong on the sphere. Yeah, yeah. If, if, you can you can actually compare
2: him to um, um, to The only difference is that Mero is really fast and runs a lot, and Wakaeme just doesn't. You know, uh, I don't know why. You know, it, it works. It works when you have a comfortable lead or when you're playing really good football. But you could see that um, with with Dennis Desport just closing down every passing lane, just pretty much closing down every player. He got dispossessed a lot. Um, he couldn't do a lot except those uh, those, those um, small moments where he did have a lot of space, and you know he he could get a shot off or mm-hmm. put a ball in. But it's just it's infuriating when right? mm-hmm. you're trying to get him, get uh, get to the uh, get to the attack, and you get him the ball, and he just slows down the the play, and uh, the defense of the opposing team can get back and track back, and everybody can, you know park the bus. It's just fucking annoying you know it, it it really it really starts to piss me off uh i think that instead of taking off storage every time he should take wakaima off to show him that you know my guy you really have to perform a lot better you know
0: <laughs> my guy
2: <laughs> you know
0: my dude my guy um, <laughs> <laughs>
2: but you know um as i said um i don't think that denis Vill- um, deserves serve the win I think that uh Sport just deserves to lose, you know. But um, but you
0: did give them some praise there. They did close down those passing lanes really effectively, especially after that that little bit of a whirlwind from Trabzonsport Sport early on in the first half. And uh I really did dig both of their goals. I think their first goal, uh obviously Rodaeaga should not be left that alone uh in the box, but that second goal was that was that was a beauty. Um I don't know if the second player skimmed the shot or if it was a very uh, uh, co- co- conscious pass to Rodaiega because it's Baru who starts to play, but I'm not sure who the second player is in the link-up because there's three no, no, players no, it, involved there. It it wasn't a pass.
2: Uh, he tried to shoot at goal yeah. and it deflected off Compi. Hmm. Um, okay,
0: but then if you look at Rodaiega, how quick he is to respond. Krab just pounces on that ball uh, immediately. Dribbles past Urjan. It was a fantastic finish.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, he did that last year when he was playing with us. Um, I don't remember against who he did that. He's he's really calm in front of goal. Probably against us. Yeah, I would remember. You know, um, he's really calm in front of goal, and um, um, as a guy that played in um, the Premier League. played in the biggest, you know, in in the Premier League, you you know that. That's a guy who you should be afraid of when he's in front of goal, mm-hmm. and you know it. It well, obviously, Papi
0: Cisse also played in the Premier League, and he blasts twenty shots over per match. <laughs> I <laughs> mean,
2: you <laughs> know, um, it it does it does sting a lot um, with um, you know with 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 Rodega scoring against us, but it's pretty much inevitable when you have like six players. <laughs> but he's also a
0: player you can't really resent I feel like he's somebody who's always I don't know you know like when for example Enoramo when he scored against Besiktas when he was on loan at Karabukspor he scored in the 90th minute and celebrated like a madman like I resented that guy but what I i don't know can you really resent him because he's such a professional and I don't know I always feel like despite the fact that maybe he didn't really deliver what you expected at Trabzon I do thing that he always gave it 100 percent and he's I mean, a hard he, worker
2: he he did deliver but it yeah. was just you know um he, he wasn't team, the, maybe. He, he wasn't really the striker
0: that we needed he was a good um, it, secondary striker i think for yeah, a yeah. big club i mean that's, i would love to have him as a as an option right now yeah, I, that, I mean you you, you we, really we, should need him you know, you we don't have given though we have given come on
2: <laughs> i mean um you know what it is with him he's just um, he's a good player. He's a really good target man. But mm-hmm. when you're when, when you have pacey wingers and you want to get uh, get ahead a lot quicker than um, than other teams want, you know, you can't have a player like Rodri just breaking down. But that's down also everything, age you know? because
0: I remember in his first two seasons or so with Akisar, he was a really dangerous counter striker too. It's just you know, I mean, right now he must be like 34, 35. That's gonna catch up sooner or later, and he has good build and all that. He's a, got a big frame. He's gonna slow down. That's not. That's inevitable for those types yeah, of players. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Um,
2: I I just looked it up. The, the his goal that um that he that he scored where he was really calm was against Ankara Gujo with Trabzonspor, mm-hmm. and he just faked out like three players, and um you know he he's a player that could do stuff like that.
0: Was it as good um, as uh, the goal that Burek shared with us earlier from J.J. Okocha?
2: <laughs> um, action, I don't think that I'm the guy that should uh, that should say anything about stuff like that. You know, just do... Um, it probably wasn't, but, you know, um, J.J. Okocha was just on a whole different level. <laughs> um, but um, what I wanted to say... Um, it was nice to see that olja got a standing ovation by the fans. You know, um, Oljai was a player that mm-hmm. that I really liked. That pretty much everyone likes whenever whenever he plays at um, their team because loved him not be and hated best. him at
0: the same time.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, he might he might not be the best player, but I, I, he's, he's a, a
0: fantastic professional representative of the club. Uh, great in the dressing room, all that. Uh, yeah, I mean, great, great guy. No doubt. He's
2: like, he's like Umut Bulut. He's not the greatest player, but you just want him... When he's on your team, Is like, he might be bad, but he's our player, you know. He can In- be
0: really intelligent, though, with his runs. Like, he makes yeah. really good... And, yeah, no, he's a... I mean, he's a player I enjoyed at times, but the other times I was ripping my, left ripping my hair off. But, uh, yeah. Uh, one more thing that we should definitely make note of. The Nisli Spore are now the team with the most wins on the road. So, yep. kudos to the Nisli Spore. Uh, I know we have a Denizli Sport fan who listens to our podcast, so want to throw a little bit of love out there to Denizli sport who are having... Well, at the end of the day, we, we keep saying every week that it's up and down with them, but at the end of the day, they're a newly promoted side, and they're doing pretty well right now. And uh, for the moment, at least, safe from relegation. And as it's looking at the moment, I don't think they will be struggling with relegation anytime soon if you look at the teams that are uh, bottom three at the minute. Um, but let's move over to the final match of match day uh, 15. Bashakchi here, Konya Sport. This match ending 1-0. Goals here coming from Carlos Ponk in the 26th minute off of an Edin Visca corner. And Dini Milosevic scores a header in the 63rd minute to make it 1-1. And then I think uh, the match uh, just kind of derailed into probably the most amount of. Clear-cut goal-scoring opportunities you'll ever see in 25 minutes. It was insane the amount of chances that uh, that that Bashakshir created after the equalizer. Because up until that equalizer, I kind of felt like they were just going through the motions. Uh, they got that lead, you know. They wasted a lot of energy, of course, on Thursday in the Europa League. So I think they probably were trying to save a little bit of energy here, and they got that early lead, so they didn't really need to. Um, go all out. But then when that goal came, they really turned it up, but they couldn't find that winner. How many chances does a team need, though? I mean, Serkan made a couple, I don't know, five or six really good saves. Uh, One of his early saves after the, the, the equalizer, I really felt like, oh, he almost spilled it and, and gave away a, a free goal. But afterwards, he made a couple of really massive saves uh, and made made up for his, uh, his, his, his silly handball a couple of weeks ago. Um um going to start with you. Anything to add to this? Did you expect here to drop points uh, following their uh, fantastic European match on Thursday?
1: Well, you could... Predict that because of the uh, harsh uh, conditions, like after playing for a European game and playing, then playing a game in a league, it's a hard thing to do. Uh, Players get tired or fatigued up and trying to again uh, go up for a win. But and also, got a Bashakshir squad is uh, some you can say. some uh, substitutes are uh, done with the age, you know. Then Baba, Robinho are all uh, mid 30s. Uh, and uh, uh, Okambaruk actually counted on them to uh, change the game after the second half, uh, mid uh, mid uh, half of the second half. Uh, so uh, it wasn't quite effective uh, as you would uh, expected it because. He also uh, had Mehmet Topol and Gokunala substitution uh, in the 72nd uh, 72nd minute, uh, which actually wasn't quite effective in the uh, score. Uh, Enza Crivelli uh, did good things uh, in his attack. uh, There was a penalty position where he uh, passed the defender but uh, got brought down. Waiting for a penalty call, but, but he
0: kind of bumped into the defender like on purpose. It felt like like he ran yeah, into him.
1: Yeah, you can say that. For uh, me,
0: that wasn't a penalty.
1: <laughs> yeah, Eden uh, uh, the t- we can call him the leader of the team by now. Uh, he wasn't as effective as he used to be. Uh, we can mm, tell it's because of the uh, fixtures in the mid the, midweek. For it wasn't a quite uh, easy game to play against Borussia Mönchengladbach. you know mm-hmm. uh, so uh, the, uh, majority of the team were uh, tired and actually Kujaman kojaman uh, played into this uh, uh, he is also known for like uh, stamina kind of a team uh, manager so Konya sport is uh, some kind of a enduring team and uh, with the kind of players like uh, Jans Johnson Milosevic Haja, Haja Matovic, uh they don't actually get tired in the yeah 90- but
0: if you give up that many chances in a, in, in half an hour then yeah. I think it's more down to luck than it is to your conditioning and to to, to your yes. organization you
1: know? yeah yeah like uh, how you said earlier like Atama and Atala yeah uh, but that didn't and- happen
0: here yeah <laughs> Because there was no late winner for Konya.
1: <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Uh, I don't know what the curse, we can say, with the Aiko Javan's offensive uh, thing. You know, he, he when it comes to these uh,
0: glory goals, he
1: he's just uh, unlucky down there, you know. Uh, glory last-
0: goals, people, not the other thing.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no. Uh, uh, last week we had by some kind of awful miss, uh, just mm-hmm. well, two yeah. meters in front of the box, and this week some Thank kind you of. for un-
0: reminding me that uh, just colored up my day.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I could Jaman a bit lucky by the plays, and uh, I don't know if he deserves it because he still counts on playing Ali Turan, who is a murder to football. Uh, you know, he's a murderer for the modern football.
0: I find Konyaspor impossible to watch this season, if I'm quite honest. I think they're, they play bad football. And they're not even... Like, in the past, they were always so difficult to break down and good defensive. But I don't even see that back this season. Like, I just think they're a really, really, really mediocre team.
1: Uh, yeah, because I think... Uh, do you think it's the end of the um, Aiko Kojama's era in uh, Konya Spor?
0: I've been saying this for a couple of years. Even when they finished third in the league, I just feel like they don't have quality on the pitch. Like they don't have really good players. Like Sivaspor. <laughs> but the difference is with Sivaspor, they're playing really good football. And uh, they're, they're trying to play attacking football. But I don't know. If you look at that Konya sports team, there's not a single player on there. That is like really good. Like there's no. You know,
1: I can tell. Uh, just then, Milosovic.
0: You know? He's decent, but he's not. I mean, you'd ex- you know he 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 stands out for sure. But given the the role he has and he's young, of course, he's like 21, I think. But given the role he has in that team, you'd expect him to. Uh, let the rest of the team play better, and I don't feel like he really does that.
1: And also, and also, the thing is, the you would expect a team who's been together from mm-hmm. ever since
0: uh, yeah, f- to, four, five years. No, like yeah. this team, this skeleton of this team was there already during Iqut's first run before yeah, he went back so to Fenerbahce.
1: He knows the team. The team knows him,
0: and he put this together. Yes, yeah, so team.
1: Uh, I think they should be. Performing yeah. better, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think I, I, I honestly think that I could, with the way Konya play and the way that they are performing, to me it just proves that he is a very it, that he it, has a, this, uh, not as high as a ceiling as some people thought he had.
1: You know, uh, the theme, the. Uh, Defensive uh, four, you know, Skubich, Ferhatos Turun, Selimay. You, you can also count Ali Turan, you know. But uh, they have been uh, playing together ever since. And uh, as we, I, as I mentioned, how Marco is performing really bad because of his partners changing up every single week. Now mm-hmm. these guys are playing for with each other, uh, alongside each other for like more than four years, so... But, like, Skubic
0: is a guy, like, two, three years ago, he was playing at a very high level. Yeah. uh, And now he's just, you know, just another... I I don't know, and also the the
1: midfielders, like, more Fundukli, Jans Jonsson, Danny Milosevic, they all have been together ever since, so Mm. they haven't been... They shouldn't be, like, relying on the Sarkan Kurintula's magnificent saves every single game, like... It isn't the way right to play, you know. Uh, if they were playing decent, Sarkam wouldn't mean a star of the team every single game.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Like so
1: they should be performing better, you know.
0: One hundred percent agree. Yakub, uh, were you surprised by Bashakshir, or was it the same uh, law or, or law of the by the gods uh, <laughs> that 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 uh, affected them here, that uh, affected Tralzone?
2: I don't know if it's if if <laughs> yeah and by the will of the gods <laughs> yeah I, I guess I guess I still have a hard time you know seeing Bashkiria as a big as, as a big team mm. so um, well they you know but as you said like <laughs> the amount of
0: chances they had well, you know the what they're a it. big team they're not a big club I think that's how you should look at it
2: okay maybe that's 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 a great way to to put it but um you know as you said if you if you just can't score with all those um positions going on all those chances that you have i know that um Aikut and uh, konya are a team that um kind of pride themselves on playing really awful defensive <laughs> football you know so you can you can kind of um, accuse them but still come on as a, without a, a good with, you know with uh, with shir and the players that they have in the in attack um I think that maybe, um, as um, as Umut said, with uh, with with Visha not playing the, his best game of his life, that they, you know, just couldn't get it
0: through, you know. Um, but they get they did they, they created the chances. So I still think that if I'm looking back at this week and looking at, of course, obviously the obvious winner, her Silaspor, But if you look to take away positives, think look at look at try. They had a 2-0 lead against arguably the weakest team in the league, against 10 men, and they gave it away uh, at home. That is... There's no positive to take away from that no. match. Look at uh, Fenerbahce. They got deservedly outplayed. They lost a, an important player for the Derby. I don't think they have many positives to take away from their match either. And Besiktas, they've failed to create enough chances in general, I think. They they failed to break down Malatya sport and then ran into the knife uh, with a lope in a miss. Uh, you know, that's what happened to them. So they don't have many positives to take away from their match either, I think. And I think the same team goes for Trabzon. They don't have that many positives to take away. But Bashakshi here, or perhaps the only one of the quote-unquote big teams, have some positive things to take away from their match. I think they... Still left that match feeling. I don't think they felt demotivated. I think they, you know, they had 30 minutes. They had lots of chances, and for them, that was just one of those matches of look, that's gonna happen once in a while. That you just can't find that goal. Um. Yeah, but still, you create the chances, and that still leaves a positive feeling. I think because then you have that feeling of you know what, next time we'll put them away. And they didn't lose, so I think if you look at all the the big teams, I think Bishakshir probably uh, are left with. The, the least uh, negative impact uh, on their on their morale, I would imagine at least.
2: Yeah, I, c- I can kind of agree with, with with what you're saying. Yeah.
0: Well, anyway, let's move over to the standings and to the fixtures for next week. Jakob, could you please go over the standings quickly?
2: Yes. Uh, on first with 33 points is Sivaspor. Uh, second and third tied with 27 points is Başakşehir and Beşiktaş. Uh, fourth Trabzonspor with 26. Fenerbahce with 25 at the 5th spot. Um, Gostry 24 with the 6th spot. Um, after those two, um, you have Yeni Malatya and Alain Sport uh, both on 23 points um, on the 7th and 8th spot. On the ninth spot, you have Denis Despor that um, even though they won, um, they went a little bit down because Malatia Spor also um, got the points. Um, on 10th and 11th spot, we have Göztepe and Gazante both on 20 points. Um, 12th and 13th is Gençlerbirliği and Chaikuriza both on 17 points. Um, the 14th and 15th, uh, 15th spot just above the relegation zone is um, on a uh, is both for Kasimpasa and Konyaspor. And the relegation zone consists of on the 16th spot uh, Antalyaspor with 13 points and Kayserispor and Ankara Gizhe sharing the bottom with 10 points.
0: And uh, how many points did uh, Kasem, Pasha, and Konya have, by the way? Kasem, Pasha, and Konya
2: both have 15 points. So, so they are, two, are both
0: two points off. Two points clear of the relegation yep. right now. Okay, and let's look at the fixtures for next week. Obviously, we have a big derby next week. Fenerbahce host Besiktas. But what else is there to look forward to next week, Jakub?
2: Um, so Friday, you have uh, Antalya Sport Ankara Gizhi, which is pretty much the game for the relegation zone um, on Friday. Uh, on Saturday, you have Yeni Malatya Spor against Çaykur Rizespor, uh, Pasha against Gaziantep, and uh, Göztepe against Galatasaray. On Sunday, the 22nd, you have Gençlerbirliği against Sivasspor, um, Kayserispor against Başakşehir, and the big game of of, of of the next match week, Fenerbahçe against Beşiktaş. On Monday, you have two remaining games: that is, um, Konyaspor at home against Trabzonspor, and Denizlispor at home against Alanyaspor.
0: Okay, uh Ubud, quickly, your thoughts Gustepe away from Galsrai, is it coming at a poor time or do you see Galatasaray finally maybe rebounding from the negative results in recent weeks and uh perhaps uh, what, how do you see their chances? Can they do something on the road away at Gustepe? Uh are you asking in the Galatasaray side or Gustepe side? <laughs> Galatasaray of course.
1: Okay. Uh it actually really depends on the uh, starting line that Terim decides on, because I'm kind of fed up with seeing Mariano and Nagatomo every single game, and uh, they are performing really well. Even though Nagatomo scores goals in the recent games, he's been shit throughout the season, and as Mar- Na- Mariano, he's beyond shit, you
0: know? But I had the impression Nagatomo did pick up his level lately,
1: no? Uh, if you can, uh, you know,
0: uh,
1: it's a team thing. Uh, you have to carry, if it's uh, okay to, uh, it's okay to carry the minority of the team uh, who's been not uh, lazy, you know, like, uh, please, like, stop, please. Uh, right now we have Figuri and Falcao kind of players. You have to carry this. But when the majority of the uh, team becomes like this, uh, you don't have any other choice to take them out, you no. like, you have to cut them. Like, Mariano has become to act like, uh, has becoming to act like a star player. Like, he is not uh, uh, possessing any kind of stamina in his game, uh, so does Nagatoma as well. And uh, These kind of players uh, has been giving Galatasaray a lot of uh, struggle uh we have to cut them like i i'm kind of uh wanting shannar to play or like uh, for left wing uh, i'm currently looking forward to see martin linus uh going to be adding to the team squad
0: uh, who do you think that will be dropped then for linus because uh there's obviously still the four yeah the right.
1: yeah i think I think we can cut uh, Mariano off, you know, but I don't but think... But do you believe
0: it, that Terim will do that?
1: No, no, no. Terim mm-hmm. wouldn't do that. Uh, but I see, uh, you know, uh, right now Enzonzi is being kicked out of squad. So mm-hmm. uh, I think he's be going to be erased and just uh, sent home to Rome uh, afterwards. I think so, that way.
0: Okay. Um, so your expectations... Uh, you, is Galatasaray going to win away at Gustave?
1: I think it's uh, kind of looking like a draw for me. Uh, Gustave would possess some kind of good play in front of their fans. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, that's the main issue with the Gustave stadium, you know. Uh, they have like crazy fans and. They are all coming to support the team. But, but the
0: they're st- playing uh, in, in a stadium. temporary stadium right now, right? A yeah, small yeah. stadium. So yeah, yeah.
1: A, a new uh, stadium has been be- built up. And mm-hmm. I think the next year
0: they'll be. Yeah, yeah. They were talking about opening it against Beşiktaş. Uh, they should probably ask Bursa Sport and Antalya Spor how that goes, opening your stadium
1: against yeah, Beşiktaş. Uh, <laughs> seeing that also, how uh, Gustav is performing good uh, under. Uh, Ilham Palut right now, the new coach uh, assigned to Gostepe uh, like two or three weeks ago. Uh, he's, he wants to show his uh, quality to the uh, fans. So mm-hmm. I think uh, he'll be like tough against God's try.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, quick thoughts from you, Jakub, on the Trabzon Sports uh, away match at Konya. Never easy.
2: Um, I have a feeling it's going to be a really awful game. <laughs> um you know both well, with Yeah both with who, both with how Konya Konya plays and you know I'm not the biggest fan um of Iquitos personally and The key is getting wise. an early
0: goal. I'm sorry? The key is getting an early goal. Yeah. Against um, teams like that that play that type of football you just need to get the goal easily and then you actually against Konya I feel if you get a goal in the first 30 minutes you can probably win 5-0. I
2: mean I think that uh, with 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 the loss um, this week that uh, the players will be you know motivated mm-hmm. but um yeah still playing against against konya away is never an easy game and um, th- as we said they are just above the um above the relegation zone so that could be an extra um extra motivation for them and you know the past that <laughs> that i has with Trabzonspor, i think that's also a thing so um it's i think I just hope that there won't be any injuries. Just let me let me put it like that.
0: And then finally, the Fenerbahce-Bisiktesh derby. Both teams lose on the weekend. They will both be motivated to get something from this derby. Who's going to come on t- out on top, or is it going to be a draw? Uh, Umut, your quick thoughts on the derby Fenerbahce-Bisiktesh. Bisiktesh have not won in Kadiköy since 2004, by the way. That was the legendary 3-4 match in which uh, Panku ended up as the goalkeeper.
1: Uh, Does the uh, suspensions of uh, Gary Rodriguez and uh, Ozan Tufan
0: uh, only only Gary because Gary got a direct red card so he should be getting at a minimum two match suspension Uh, sometimes direct red cards get reduced to one if the red card was not deserved but he lashed out and kicked the guy so he's going to get at least two he might get
4: three
1: uh, uh, seeing that uh, Gary Rodriguez possessing some kind of a good offensive trade for Fenerbahce Mm -hmm. and uh, s- uh, also, seeing that they don't have any other player uh, with the same kind of, uh, you know, kind, you know,
0: yeah, uh, the speed uh, to, yeah, the ability uh, to the, uh, get bring I, some I width think, to the pitch.
1: I think that only have the uh, youngster uh, who was a guy named they have uh, Ferdi
0: and Dennis, Ferdi, I think, as yeah. a possibility. Yeah, Dennis
1: so. is the uh, opposite of uh, Gary Rodriguez, to be honest, hmm. just opposite, yeah, but he's yeah. been starting so scoring goals. So I think they can count on uh, that kind of uh, Denis Turch as well. But I think Besiktas would be more dangerous with the attacking trades they have. Like Enkudu. Uh, oh, the, the Enkudu was injured, right?
0: That's the big question now. Uh, if he's going to get ready for this match because he got injured uh, after being subbed on against Erzinjan Spor in the cup. Yeah. <laughs> Such a dumb way because, like I said earlier, I think Besiktas really missed Inkudu against. In fact, the last week against Kasem Pasha, they missed him, but they ended up winning that in the last seconds. Uh, but they missed him again against Malatya. Inkudu is their only real true winger. Uh, besides Tyler Boyd and Jermaine Lens, uh, but although Lenz is starting... you still have Diaby, you know. It yes, is... but Diaby is a striker. He's not a winger, and I don't know why uh, Abdullah Afchi insists on playing him as a right winger because he simply isn't a winger. That's not his natural. Do you think position.
1: he's a similar player, just like Henry Onyekuru is?
0: No, he's really a striker. He's a cent- He needs to play in the center. At uh, His his best period in his career was when he was at Club Brugge. His first season at Brugge, he played as a lone striker. He, I know he's not a tall guy, but he's played as a lone striker, as a number nine, and he scored, I, I don't know, like 15 goals or something in that season. And then his most successful season was in his third season, because he missed the majority of the matches in the second season due to injury. But in his third season, he was playing as the second striker, together with uh, Wesley, who plays at the uh, Aston Villa now, and I think he scored like 17 goals that season, and they won the title. And that's really his main position as, a, as either a striker or a second striker. But he is not a winger, and both at Besiktas now and at Sporting Lisbon, they are using him as a winger because he ha- he's good on the ball and he's got speed... But he doesn't have those natural instincts that a a, a winger needs, I feel. He doesn't have a good cross or anything like that. He's dangerous when he gets in the the box. He's often... uh, Yeah, I I feel like he's... He, he will win you a couple of penalties in a season because he's difficult to stop when he's at full speed, but it's not the same. He's not eff- effective like uh, Nkudu or Lens, uh, Lens who's playing at a, a good level, of course. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, I think Nkudu is going to be very key for Mishters if they want to get something away at Kadiköy, something more than a point, they definitely will need Nkudu. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. Honestly, my feeling is going into this match... If Bistec would have won the Malatia game, I think we would have lost next week. But now I think the chances of losing are actually smaller. I don't know why that is, but I, I just I, I kind of feel like it's going to end up in a draw. But uh, I definitely don't think we'll win. Uh, Jakub, your expectations?
2: I don't really have any expectations. I I'm not a guy that normally watches uh, derby games because. They are generally lead, really awful, you know, because of all, oh, the, all the
0: tension and everything. F- fenerbahce bisiklash usually is a very entertaining match. But, yeah, yeah, um, definitely. Like, uh,
1: I think they are the most entertaining games of any season they have played. Like,
0: not always, season. but mostly. mostly. Yeah, out of ten games, I think you'll get six decent matches. And with if you if you <laughs> get like a uh, galstrey Fenerbahce, you'll get like one.
2: But you know, I think that um, I, I I do think that Fener has a has a has a better better uh, attacking uh, force. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, for sure. I mean, Venet- I I have a feeling that Burak is going to score. So, um, is Burak
0: going to play? Yeah, he he, he plays. Yeah, yeah unless so he gets I, injured or something.
2: I think it will be a a hard fought match, but um, Burak uh, Burak will probably score, and um, yeah, I just you know. Um, I never want Fenerbahce to win any games, but I also don't want Beşiktaş uh, to win, you know, just to be a dick. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think I don't know. Uh, I might I might watch the game, but uh, only the second half. So
0: uh, we'll see. We'll see. Okay, well, that'll do it for this week's episode of Football a Hopefully next week we'll be joined once again with uh, our man of the law, Burak Sezgin, to review the derby we just spoke about. And, of course, Uzer Dinger. so I hope both of them will be back next week. But for this week, thank you very much for listening, and I'll see you again soon. Thank you. Bye. Bye.